Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. Once again, together and brought to you by Rampage Coffee. Mm-hmm. Christmas just around the corner and yeah, you can get your Rampage Coffee samples if you want or even uh, order from online uh, some of the clothing and stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. It just so- doesn't have to be the samples. You get the five pound bags and things like that. If you're on the fence, you better hurry up because Christmas is right around the corner and I'm sure the, uh, the postal services everywhere are swamped right now. <laughs> I would think so. But mm-hmm. even they can order t-shirts from us as well, right? Phantom yes. Faction. That's right. TwistedTeesMerch.com slash Phantom. Rachel usually is wearing the stuff, but uh, not today. So. No, nope, she's, compl- she's completely <laughs> naked today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Nobody's, wear- nobody's wearing pants on Zoom anymore. Yeah. Right? Was Well, did you have to? I didn't think you had to wear pants on Zoom. So, Rachel... Hi. <laughs> Who do we have with us today? Oh, we've got this. We have an amazing guest tonight. This is Alyssa Bartha. She's a North Star mystic. She's just uber talented. I, I would like to say what she doesn't can't do is maybe what we should list because she's just got this huge list of things that she can do. <laughs> super talented lady here. So welcome to the show, Alyssa. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. Is there anything that you really specialize in, Alyssa? Oh, that's, <laughs> that is a really hard question to answer um, because I do a lot of, as we've discussed, I do a lot of different things. So I would say probably to um, centralize it, my goal, my mission is really to sort of help people find their own North Star. So wow. I do that through, you know, all these different modalities, either singularly or combined in order to help people, you know, find their direction and, you know, help them pursue the path that they are seeking. And so I use a lot of different modalities to achieve that. Now, how did you choose your direction to do this? Um well, it wasn't so much a choice as an inevitability. Mm-hmm. Um, where I started is not, definitely not where I have found myself currently. Um, I've done literally, uh, oh God, so many different types of jobs. Like I've waitressed, I've been a bartender. At one point, I was a high-value cross-border freight broker. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, that was a stressful job. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I've, I've done all kinds of different things. And I think um, much like uh, many people over the years, I mean, I just kind of continuously collected all of these different, uh, you know, things that where I found fascinating. So I think the short answer is, is I followed my bliss, <laughs> the things mm-hmm. that I enjoyed. And that was the direct line to a career path that I certainly uh, hadn't intended for myself. Um, I started out as a, a graphic designer and a visual artist, and then I found myself, you know, in a more esoteric and mystical space, and you know, found that those things could coexist quite well. And here I am. Right. We never really identified exactly what you do, but uh, the list can go as far as past life regression. You do. You uh, do tarot cards. 
<laughs> I do all kinds of stuff. I do, right. I'm an astrologer. Uh -huh. I do uh, traditional Western astrology, um, more towards the ancient side. Um, I did start out with modern astrology, but as I've continued my education, I've sort of veered onto the path of ancient astrology. Um, as you said, past life regression. I do past life readings. I have been reading tarot for 26 years now, and I teach tarot. I'm a seventh degree Reiki master and teacher. And uh, I do numerology and uh, hypnosis <laughs> wow. and probably something else that I haven't remembered, but it'll, it'll pop up at some point. So right. yeah. was this something that you were always interested in when you were younger or spooky stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Anything unusual or strange has always captured my fascination. Um, you know, things that that uh, historically have been, I guess, considered occult or not particularly uh, widely known. I've always been fascinated with anything that's um, sort of, uh, I don't know, out of the way of the norm. So mm -hmm. that's that's kind of what you know gradually brought me to the things I practice now. And um, my dad was a huge influence with that as well. He was an astrologer before me and uh, a bard and a vat. Uh, <laughs> he did a lot mm -hmm. of different, very interesting and odd things as well. So wow. um, I, as I said, it was kind of a natural progression. And even <laughs> though I wasn't raised with him, I sort of, you know, followed in his footsteps um in in some respects so it's very strange to hear i think you're the first person who's into you know the mystical occult type stuff and who's actually said that the father was an influence it's always usually oh i come you know my mom my grandma you know my aunt my great grandma this and you're i was like what did you just say her father yeah you know because it, then you always hear oh my dad was a plumber or a truck driver or you know he was a police officer mm -hmm. and uh, that's really cool I, I mean there's not a there's not a lot of men in mm -hmm. this in this mm -hmm. field so to speak it is very female dominated and that's fine I don't don't care mm -hmm. either way but that is that mm -hmm. is very neat to hear that he was into yeah. that sort of thing so I was yeah yeah he, he he actually he gave me my first tarot deck um I was uh gosh I was about uh 15 when I moved out of uh, my mom's house and uh sort of found myself gravitating over to spending more time with my dad and um I was up uh, <laughs> in his uh very very small 16 by 12 foot cabin and I, I was kind of living between him and somebody else's place at the time. And I remember sitting there and I was looking at his shelves, which were lined with um, books and bullets. <laughs> he was a Vietnam veteran, so he had a very eclectic style of uh, oh, wow. life. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing the Celtic tarot and um, I was just kind of like, huh, what is that? And I asked him, you know, rather unceremoniously, if I could just have it. <laughs> I didn't even ask him what it was. I'm like, can I have that? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And um, so, of course, I pulled this box down. And actually, I still have uh, the remnants of that deck. And, um, of course, I then asked him, you know, can you teach me how to use it? And he said, oh, you'll figure it out. I'm like, well, that was enormously helpful. <laughs> and that has been the sum total of the majority of my so-called training. Um, a lot of it was just a lot of self-study and practice and um, discovering, and I say this to my students and uh, the people I mentor, basically discovering how to not burn my eyebrows off. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, it's, it's been a, a hell of a journey because, um, you know, I've had some very uh, unusual uh, experiences and I've had a plethora of very unusual mentors and teachers along the way that were, I think, most of the time unintentional in the things that they brought to me. So that has sort of um, brought me on, on this path where I'm not only a, a, a teacher, but also a voracious learner because I've discovered for everything I think I know, there's a, like volumes of things I don't. So. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because um, I have a lot of uh, students that, you know, heap a lot of praise on me, which is fantastic. And don't get me wrong, I, I certainly appreciate it. But one of the things I try to impress on anyone who spends any time with me is that we're all here to learn. You know, that's the whole point of this incarnation and this, you know, stop on the continuum of your soul's journey. So... I'm interested in the uh, astrological part of thing. I don't think we've ever had anybody on the program so far that's uh, done charts or uh, looked at it. And it's almost, I mean, it's been around forever, from what I understand anyway. And everything kind of relates to our birth signs and et cetera. So maybe just can you explain that a little bit to us? Sure. So astrology is... um the practice, the art, and combined science of observing the uh, energetic influence of the planets and their location and the relationships between them, as well as their influence and relationship with us as human beings on our lives, on current events, on, you know, retrospective events, you can look at things forensically. Um, But in terms of how it applies to your life as an individual, and, you know, sort of all of the particulars around who you are, and the events that you'll experience throughout your life, what's done is, is, um, as an astrologer, we take the information of your date, time and location of birth, because then that will give us a um, relative perspective about where the planets were at that particular moment in time. And from that, we can delineate or derive a lot of meaning because of the relationships um, between the planets and the significations that are associated with the planets. So for example, um, a lot of uh, people, (laughs) you know, uh, they'll ask each other, hey, what's your sign? And I always kind of joke and say, that's not really what people are after. What the people are generally after is, am I going to get along with you? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, a very, um, I would say, uh, small knowledge and understanding about what astrology actually do- does and how its application, you know, it can either improve or enlighten you on your life's path. And when we talk about our sun signs or what's your sign, we're talking about the location of the sun at the time of your birth. So that's not just um, the, the zodiacal sign that it's landed in. So for example, like for myself, I'm a Virgo sun sign. Um, and that means that the sun was in the sign or within the parameters of the zodiacal sign of Virgo, somewhere in that 30 degree span. And then you know, from that, there's so much more. That's only like Mm. maybe a 10th of your entire uh, astrological chart. And, you know, the other things we like to look at is the relationships that are, as I've said, created between the planets, um, 
you know, such as your the luminaries versus like um, the, the Mars or Venus or Mercury, and we look at all of those uh, relationships, and that sort of starts to tell us more about the individual's life and the experiences that they may have, or if not the experiences directly, the psychology that the person may have at the time. Or um, another way to say that is. Um, how you think about things or how you look at things. So, you know, I get a lot of questions about like, what should I do when I grow up? Or, you know, am I going to get married? And it's like, we can see those things in a chart. Absolutely. But what's more important is, is how does that apply to you? Because even if everything is there, so if you have like really good aspects and really good placements, you know, you still have to do the work of applying that energy in a positive way. So, um, when it comes down to astrology, um, it's a very, very, very broad topic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several different schools or methods of um, creating astrological charts. Um, I, I use uh, whole, the whole sign house system. And uh, most people that, you know, do astrology online, typically, like they go to a website or whatever, and they create their uh, natal or birth chart, they're using the Placidus house system. And then, you know, so that just sort of gives us an orientation for where the planets are in relationship to us on Earth because we're using what's called a um, geocentric or earth perspective on where all the planets are in their, uh, on their orbital path around us from the standpoint of earth. It, I could go on for about another yep. six days about that. Well, I got to <laughs> you know. admit something. I've been in radio for a long time now. And when I first started in radio, we used to do, <laughs> you know, the signs, right? You know, we would go uh-huh. through a whole Virgo. And, you know, we used to just look it up uh, in a book and uh, adapt it from mm-hmm. there. And then at, yep. at one point, we lost that subscription or whatever to the magazine or whatever that we were mm. using. So the boss was just like, <laughs> I don't care, just make it up. So we did. <laughs> <laughs> and people were probably reading their horoscopes going, oh, my God, this is yeah. terrible. <laughs> oh, exactly. exactly. You know, we had a little yeah. fun with it. And then you do a lot of mentoring as well. You were mentioning classes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that uh, do you get you get a lot of students from the area or? Um, I have students literally all over the world. I have students in uh, Canada, U.S., Australia, um, you know, uh, some in the U.K., some in, uh, you know, just all over the place, really. Um, thankfully, one of the, the things that is really um, been a benefit of COVID, unfortunately, <laughs> fortunately slash unfortunately, is um, that people have now sort of shifted uh, more so to using the internet for you know communication and interaction even more so than just with you know social media and what's really interesting about that kind of a fun little tie-in is um there's a lot of folks that are talking about um this big conjunction that's happening or the grand conjunction between saturn and jupiter in the sign of aquarius and that's taking place um it's it's currently we're currently um, in the conjunction, but it comes to its closest um, you know connection on the 21st of December, which also lands on the winter solstice. And so with that, 
it's it's quite fascinating because some of um, the significations for the planets, as well as the zodiacal sign of Aquarius, really indicate that we'll be seeing an increase, a continued increase in astro, not astrological, um, the um, uh, using the internet and sort of distance learning, as well as other things that are going to, you know, work towards elevating humanity as a whole. And certainly, um, you know, sort of broadening how we, you know, communicate and how we work together as a whole, as opposed to, you know, all these different, um, you know, belief structures and uh, ways that we have interacted previously, because we're sort of going into, you know, a lot of folks say that we're sort of, you know, going into a rebirth stage. And I, I kind of take a little bit of a different approach. I like to think of it as we're going into a renaissance or a reconstruction, you know, so the way that we have been doing things, you know, is no longer sustainable, not just because, um, you know, resources are limited or because of, you know, some of the external conditions of our environment, but more so because some of it is just so outmoded and it doesn't work and it doesn't fit anymore. And this whole year of 2020 has really been what I've been calling the crucible year because it's been forcing all of us, whether we like it or not, <laughs> to sort of go into that internal space and really do a lot of uh, personal evaluation and looking at how um, we've been doing life and, and how we approach our responsibilities and what works for us versus what we need to uh, release and get rid of and you know kind of as a almost as a huge punctuation to all of the work that we've all been doing this year when this conjunction sort of comes to its um, fullness or its completion it's almost as though whatever you have been working towards you know throughout the cycle of 2020 is going to culminate in your forward trajectory like where are you going from this point forward it is really based on not just your intention not just your thoughts not just the things that you say you want but what you're actually doing and that's why we've been seeing a lot of changes for people on a personal level on a communal and collective level and you know the microcosm and the macrocosm of what it is to be human has shifted it's not shifting it's shifted and so now we have to adapt ourselves to what that shift means going forward. So it's a very exciting time to see us shifting <laughs> as an entire species um, and, and what comes forward and this, you know, continued evolution. Do the, uh, do the stars or cards tell you when the asteroid's going to hit? <laughs> Not I'm, yet. I'm ready. <laughs> I think we're all ready for the asteroids. <laughs> no, no asteroids. <laughs> how about, how Actually, about, there's a whole school of asteroid astrology. Interesting. Oh, God. How about the aliens? Yeah. Are, are they aliens, show up I keep soon? hoping. Yes. Hoping. I'm seriously, like, if they show up. I, I, mean, I keep waiting for them to leader. land on. I keep, <laughs> for, I keep waiting for them to land on the White House lawn one day, and they'll be like, yes. I don't, <laughs> you know what? I don't think that it's going to be quite that. Obvious dramatic? or demonstrative? No. Oh, I think it's already happened. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. that we're just catching up to the fact that we're not alone. You no. know, the truth is out there. The truth sure <laughs> is. Alyssa. Yeah. You do past life regression. That's one thing I've always been interested I, in, and I've talked to you a little bit about it. Um, how successful are people when they come to you and they 
want to regress um, and it, see it, and how and is it always just the, the life you led the last time or can you go back as far as you want or is it random so um it's random and not random so <laughs> this is why people love talking to me because I always say it's both and neither um <laughs> because the thing is um with past life regression um at least as far as my experience has shown me it's uh, generally, um, most people are quite successful having some sort of an experience um, or interaction with a, a past life. You know, the way I explain it is, is, in the simplest of terms, the soul is on a continuum. So from the time that our consciousness is initiated and we realize, oh, I'm here, wherever here is, um, then this, you know, stretch wherever this journey is going to lead us. But we have all of these varied stops that we make and those varied stops are to allow us to grow and expand and to get to know ourselves better <laughs> and, and this can go very broad but let's just um, say that for each person you'll have um, a number of incarnations and most of them at least as far as the people that I have worked with the, the majority of the ones that come forward in regression are lifetimes that were lived on earth and what tends to happen is um, whatever comes forward for the person and let's say it's a little bit of random but a little bit on purpose too is exactly what the person needs in the moment and so I don't go in and say you know it, during a session and say, let's go back to your 14th life, because that might not be relevant to whatever issues that you're experiencing in your current incarnation. Um, but astrologically, when we do uh, like a past life reading, you, we can use the lunar nodes and see what you were doing in your most recent incarnation. Whereas with regression, that can be anywhere along the timeline um, using time very loosely, <laughs> of course, but anywhere along the continuum of your soul's existence. So most times, um, whatever comes forward to people is exactly what is needed to help progress them or evolution in the current life, because the karma that they have accrued, which we all accrue as long as we're here in, in the physical body, you know, is somehow um, showing up in their lives and they need a little bit more guidance or direction to um, sort of uh, resolve the karma that it has made itself known. <laughs> so right. it's, it's an interesting process. Can you give us an example or a story of your weirdest past life regression you've ever done? Oh like gosh. One um, that one that really sticks out and you're like, oh my God, what's going on here? Yeah, there's been a few, but I'd rather share with you my own experience because I wouldn't want to, you know, upset anyone. Well, <laughs> we're, not, we're, 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 certainly, we're, we're certainly not asking for names or anything. So yes, yeah, yeah. I well, I can tell you for myself how I got into uh, past life regression because as as much as I do all of these different things, I've been woefully skeptical of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I tend to be a very, uh, um, I, I guess, uh, rational thinker and, and very, um, not linear, but definitely a rational, practical thinker. And I had an opportunity years ago to do a past life regression. So I said, why the hell not? And not really expecting anything. Once in the regressed state, um, I had this experience of um, 
and it was very uh, tactile almost like I could feel myself in this environment and I remember very clearly even now looking down at my feet and seeing these very small dirty little feet and um, recognizing that there was like uh, a clay sort of packed dirt ground that I was standing on and all these vines and leaves and spear shaped leaves all over the place and I could literally hear um, the rushing sound of a large river beside me. And I remember as I was sort of being guided to look around, I could see these women, there was five women and they were standing on some rocks within the river and they were slapping uh, cloth on the rocks. And I remember knowing somehow, I guess intuitively that one of those women were my mother. And then I was snapped out of that um, particular uh, regression and pretty much chalked it up to like, you know, a, a very fertile imagination <laughs> and didn't really think much more of it. And then uh, several years after that, which I had completely forgotten about the experience altogether, couldn't care less. I was in Mexico with my husband and we were in down in the uh, Mayan reservation, we we're kind of walking around through the forest down there. And I had this moment of recognition and it was probably the most fascinating, weird and unsettling thing that had happened to me at that point, because I was standing there uh, with our uh, group and uh, we were being educated about some of the things you should not touch while in the jungle, <laughs> which it turns out there's a lot of things you shouldn't touch in the jungle. And um, I just had this moment of, holy shit, I have, oh, sorry, didn't mean to swear. I swear like a well-educated sailor. But yeah. anyway, I was standing there and I had this moment of, oh my God, I, I've been here. I mean, I haven't been here, been here, but I've been here. And this, just this weird awareness of everything being exceptionally familiar, just like anywhere else I had spent, you know, a lot of time but also foreign at the same time. And it was just so bizarre. And at that point I knew that there was something to this, that it was something more than just me imagining some crap that I can come up with in my head. And at that point I knew that it was time to sort of pursue, um, you know, doing regressions as part of my career path, because I, I just, there was something that was answered within me that I didn't know you know, I was even asking that question, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And it brought a lot of clarity to me about uh, just sort of some of my own things that I've always really loved and been attracted to, or things that I just kind of, I don't know, I just had a affinity for. And from that experience, it just sort of branched out. And I've had people on my table um, in the regressive state that have, you know, experiences where it doesn't look like anything's happening from the outside like I'm watching them because I have to do that and I'm you know taking in account their cues and what's happening physically and like almost nothing seems to be happening and then once out of the regression they're like oh my god <laughs> you know and they tell me all of these really fascinating things and then I've had other people on my table like one woman uh, a few years back she was shivering like physically shivering you know, because she was the memory that was coming forward. She was in an environment that was really, really cold. And so she was just like quaking. I had another uh, individual that came and did a um, regression and probably about midway through, they started speaking in a thick Scottish accent. 
Now, I even in that moment, I was kind of like, um, "Are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it took me aback. I have to admit, but um, this this individual, like they had, they had no other known or, or cognitive connection with this past life that was coming up for them. And, and it, what was interesting is after the fact, because oftentimes I'll have clients that will reach out to me sometimes even months and I, a couple of times uh, years down the road, they'll reach out and they'll be like, you know, after the regression, this and this and this happened. And now I understand this. And now, you know, they'll have these uh, moments of, of almost I won't say enlightenment, certainly a, a level of clarity that they feel that they have achieved after um, the, the regression. So I've, I've seen a few interesting things <laughs> along the way. Have you ever had anyone have a past life regression say that they were non-human? Or, yes, I have. Or animals or something like that? Um, no transubstantiations yet, um, but I've had people... Um, remember lives that were clearly not on earth. Can, yes. you give us, can you give us an example of one of those? Um, the one individual uh, that did a regression uh, had a, had a difficult time getting into the regressive state, uh, which sometimes can happen. Sometimes people need a little bit more time than others. Once there, they couldn't detect a, a body that they recognized. Um, but as the uh, session went longer, that started to change and the person recognized that they were not human, uh, at least not in the, they were humanoid, but not human from uh, what you would recognize <laughs> in yourself. Right. And they, um, I'm not sure how to describe it even for myself, but you know, what they were saying was something akin to um, observing earth but not from earth and they um were very clear on the idea that um they weren't human and that the life that they had lived uh was parallel if you will in a parallel you know existence (laughs) to earth so it, it was a little mind bending and it's uh one of those things where you have to definitely as a a practitioner i've found that i have to be very open-minded and very non-judgmental in the things that come forward because um, it's my belief that um, for everything we think we know, there's so much more that we don't. And the creative force that has animated all of us is so broad that it's hard to fully understand. And I think that if we limit our belief structures to you can only have lived one life and you can only have lived a human life and this is it and there's nothing before and nothing after i think is really kind of um you know it, it, it's small-minded it's it's limited in thinking and, and <laughs> it doesn't do our creator enough credit <laughs> i uh i had tried to do one um I'd, uh, someone had forwarded me uh, an audio uh, past life regression I, I tried to do it and I'm not I'm terrible at meditating I'm terrible mm-hmm. at focusing you know I've always you know I got a lot of squirrels running around in my head at any given time and mm-hmm. I got to a point where I could see buildings and vehicles forming around mm-hmm. me but it, it was almost like white on black like if you're drawing with white chalk on a black backboard mm-hmm. and it was all these cars from like the 50s like, like these old, uh, you know, 
55 Chevys and 57 Chevys and these Ford Fairmonts. And, and, uh, and uh, I was like, Oh my God. And I was on the city street mm-hmm. and, and I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. But then yeah. boom, I was gone. I, I was out of it. And mm-hmm. uh, I had, I had done a one hypnosis with uh, Kelly Elson and she was on, Oh, I think what Danny episode three or four or something like this is like yeah, way sure, back yeah. when we started and she had done a, a hypnosis session with me. And in it, I looked into a mirror and mm-hmm. she says, well, what do you see? And I said, well, I see this tall, skinny white guy wearing a, a, a letterman jacket, like a, like a football jacket. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. looked like he was from like, you know, like a, the fifties. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Hmm, something's trying to, uh, to bring me back to some, some different era or whatever. And I've, and I've always been, right. a, I've always really liked the fifties like the, mm-hmm. the culture and, and the, the cars and the fashion and the music and mm-hmm. everything else. Like, like I love movies like The Outsiders and yeah. Greece. And, you I know, love my, The Outsiders. Yeah, and, and, my, <laughs> and my, my dad used to be a greaser, right, in, in Toronto. And he, you know, they used to have, always have the, the white t-shirts, the black leather jackets and, and uh, the, the pack of cigarettes rolled up in their sleeve. And, <laughs> you know, always, awesome. always, always running a comb through their hair and, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe one day I'll come to see you and we'll see what happens. Yeah, so, absolutely. You'll have yes. to come check it out. Um, you know, and every, every uh, person that does regression, I guess, has their own method. And um, it, one of the things that I find is, you know, it's been very successful for me is certainly um, getting people into a very deeply relaxed state. And so I use hypnosis, as do I think a lot of people with regression. It's not the only method, but it's certainly been pretty successful for me. And, um, you know, once getting into that uh, deeply relaxed state, it allows you to sort of pass over that threshold from the conscious mind to the deep subconscious and then going even further into um i think what i would like to call you know the higher self or the higher um consciousness you know it's it's very similar to uh doing akashic records or akashic records readings um which i do those as well and because you're you're altering your physical body you know from the state of your consciousness and that sort of allows you to be and I'm sure Rachel knows exactly what I'm saying it's you know it allows you to be an open channel for the information that you're seeking or that you're looking for and as a regressionist my job is to sort of guide you in that process of finding the information that you're seeking now I don't say um I don't I never give any leading uh you know, commands like, you know, you know, find who you were in 1974, you know, maybe you were already incarnated, maybe you weren't. (laughs) But I, you know, allow things to sort of, you know, spontaneously occur, because that's what really gives you, you know, the individual, the experience that they're, you know, asking for they're seeking you know and that's what brings in the healing if it's necessary or the self-discovery and exploration if that's what the person is after you know is just being very open and very um you know accommodating to whatever shows up because i don't know (laughs) you know i never know what's going to show up so it's it's really entertaining and interesting for me as well we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor 
You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Are you tired of stale grocery store coffee? Mm-hmm. Then you need to check out Rampage Coffee. It's roasted fresh to order and delivered to your doorstep anywhere in Canada and the United States. It's delicious, and they have a high-caffeine blend called C4 that will blast you out of your morning slippers. Oh, wow. Get free shipping in Canada on their sampler bundle to try all four of their fantastic blends using the code PHANTOM. Go to rampagecoffee.com today. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. I uh, sort of drew a a timeline here. This is kind of getting deep, but... uh, Uh With uh, you mentioned a parallel universe, is it possible Mm -hmm. that is it totally Uh linear or is can it be swapped for that parallel universe? Are we the same soul? Are we the same? Yeah, this is this is my my thoughts, my theory, I guess. Um, so again, this is a this and a that, not an either or an or, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which only serves to complicate the answer, but I'll do my best uh, to keep it as simple as possible. So as far as the consciousness the, that we are carting around as meat puppets, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, goes, it is expansive and it exists on a continuum. It doesn't necessarily start and stop um, in a linear fashion, meaning it, you know, it, it does and it doesn't. So from the standpoint of this current incarnation, you're born in 19 whatever or because we're all 19 whatever people in the room and that will that the incarnation will last however many years that could be 15 it could be 50 it could be 100 you know and then once the body or the vessel you know is no longer able to capacitate the life then it is sloughed off off we go and then the the consciousness that is the soul then will go and you know, there's there's a lot of different schools of thought, but wherever it goes, it goes. And then there's a point at which the consciousness will decide, usually with help and guidance, whether or not it's appropriate and when it is appropriate to incarnate again and where. So in terms of um, the concept of dimensionality, think of it less in terms of um, concentric circles or layers or rings and think of it in a more spherical fashion. So, you know, it's kind of like time <laughs> as we know it as human beings has to be linear. We have to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, year over year, hour over hour, second over second, because that's what gives us orientation and relevance to our existence. And we can say when I was six, this happened. When I was 42, that happened. And that helps us to then evaluate the um, quality of our experiences, you know, because then we've got contrast. It's easy to say, well, that sucked and that didn't, (laughs) you know, and but from a more existential perspective, Our existence is such that it has the capacity to contain all that is. There's no limitation. Therefore, it can exist simultaneously on a multitude of planes of consciousness. So therefore, you have simultaneity of existence because we can be multidimensional beings. We're not limited in our capacity to 
um, incarnate <laughs> in the way that we think we are. We are limited in how much of our consciousness we can concentrate on one plane of existence. So it's kind of like the, the old classic example is like watching TV. You know, there's a gazillion channels out there that you can tune into, but you can only really fully focus on one thing at a time. You know, so that, that therefore you have to tune into whatever program it is that you're wanting to fully immerse yourself in. Now, that doesn't mean you can't split your attention, but what it does mean is, is that you have to uh, choose a, a channel in which to focus your attention. And so as human beings, we're choosing to channel our focused attention on being physical incorporeal beings. All right. So, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. My well, head hurts. covered that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't feel my brain anymore. Yeah. Oh Welcome to my world. <laughs> That's Alyssa. why, believe it or not, I don't talk a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> Alyssa, do you it. have do you have any uh, experience with remote viewing or astral projection? Um, is accidental. A, is that, is, oh, okay. Um, I I had a, an, an OBE when I was about seventeen, and it was no, no, no. Sorry, I was younger than that. I was, I had to have been. 13 or 14, I had an OBE and it scared the bejesus out of me. I did not enjoy that at all. Um, as far as astral projection goes, I think a good uh, bar for that is if you're able to, um, uh, what's the word? Um, it's it's um, when you're dreaming. Okay. People do it all the time. <laughs> you probably, everybody here has done it. It's just generally we don't know we're doing it. Um, but I, 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 my one experience with an OBE, um, I was actually laying down in my front room uh, when I was living with my mother and my sister was in uh, watching TV. She was watching the Flintstones. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And I was laying down right by our uh, wood stove because I'm kind of like a cat. And I will find any warm place in the house and that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> and I was kind of half in and half out. And all of a sudden I remember being clearly out of my body, looking down at my body and unable to move my body, but being very aware that I was not, I guess, in my body. And I didn't like that feeling <laughs> at all. So I um, insisted that I be returned to my body and I was, and I didn't sleep that night very well because I was very scared of that happening again. Um, but as far as that goes, I mean, I, yeah, we, I think we do, um, a lot of astral travel and <clears throat> out of body stuff all the time. I think the difference is, is sometimes when we are consciously looking to achieve that virtue versus when it just happens seemingly spontaneously. Um, what the hell is that? I keep when you're dreaming and you're aware that you're dreaming, this is going to bug me. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll remember, remember as soon as we sign off. <laughs> of course, because that's of the course. way it always goes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Now I'm curious, do you happen to have any uh -huh. ghost stories? Oh, um, I've I've had encounters, but it's usually something I tend to try to avoid. Um for myself, I, you know, unlike you, my dear, I try not to be very um, clear, uh, visual. Is that just nah? No thanks. Um, when 
I've had the, I can tell you probably one of the weirdest uh, experiences I had. I was over at my dad's house when he was uh, living down by a river in the Okanagan Valley. And the house that he was living in was quite old and it was used as a, a ferry house. So the the ferry owner and operators lived in that house and they used uh, to help people cross over the Columbia River. And so uh, one time I was walking through uh, the breezeway of what used to be uh, where they kept the horses in the tack and some of the other farm animals. And this happened on three or four different occasions. I was walking through the breezeway and I could hear chickens. <laughs> like just clear as day, I could hear chickens and we didn't have any chickens. So, you know, that was one instance. Um, when we moved to the house that I'm living in now, uh, one morning, and we'd been here about three weeks, I was laying in bed and I was kind of in that half in half out state. And I just had this feeling to open my eyes. I opened my eyes and at the doorway to our bedroom, there was an old man standing there. He had been about six two, six three, and he was big and he was wearing overalls and he had a button down short sleeve cotton flannel shirt on and it was blue and yellow and white checks. And he had a crew cut and just these piercing blue eyes. And he was just standing there in the doorway and I snapped my eyes shut because I'm like, not today. <laughs> and then I peeped one open and he was gone, you know, and I, I've had other experiences, um, but those are ones that kind of stand out at the moment. He was, uh, he was the chicken killer. No, this was, this was actually in uh, Ontario. I'm actually from Washington state. So oh. <laughs> if he is, that's creepy as hell. <laughs> Was the was the shirt that he's wearing flannel? Well, it was cotton, thin because, cotton. Uh, but it was like the plaid, like the lumberjack, yeah. like shirt that yeah. I'm wearing right but now. But it's but thinner, thinner little tiny checks. Yeah, I've yeah. I've been listening to some other web, uh, some podcasts, and they were talking a lot about the flannel man. And okay, and that's was, creepy. Yeah, and it's like you know how we have the hat man who shows up all over the place, mm -hmm. and you've got other spirits that you know have similarities. But there's yeah. this there's this spirit that people have been seeing all mostly in the U.S. called the flannel mm -hmm. man. He's wearing this flannel type lumberjack you know plaid shirt, and people are seeing uh -huh. him. And and basically, what you just described is is the flannel man so we might have to look into that Great. a little bit more yeah that's awesome i <laughs> oh, sense that, that... a google rabbit hole coming up <laughs> yes yes but that was a long I time found, ago right i found your word lucid is that right lucid dreaming thank you yes that's exactly what it was yeah that's exactly what i mean and that's something we do all the time and i think most of the time we're not aware of it um in terms of being cognizant that that's what's happening we're just like oh i'm dreaming i'm in my house and i'm dreaming i'm making toast and you know we don't give it any more credence than that yeah so would you say um meditation is a very important thing for what you do and for anybody that's uh, that's learning or wanting to learn about themselves or um i think it it, it can be an accelerated uh it, it can be a method that will accelerate uh, you towards whatever goals you wish to achieve. But I, you know, I always try to tell people because the, the common misconception is meditation is sitting with your eyes closed in the lotus position, you know, <laughs> really working hard on not thinking about your cat climbing on the countertop. It's, it, you know, that's a very limited understanding of what meditation is. In fact, meditation can include so many different ways of focusing your attention. I mean, the word itself means to, you know, to ponder or to 
you know, look into or think about, right? So, you know, it is important, but it's not necessary. And I think it's one of those things that as depending on what it is they're trying to do, you know, if you want to accelerate, you're getting there, <laughs> wherever the hell there is, meditation is certainly helpful in achieving that. Can you explain, you do Reiki, and <laughs> can you explain exactly what that is? Okay, Reiki is awesome, so there's that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as I mentioned, I'm in the seventh awesome. degree. <laughs> it is awesome. So, <clears throat> I'm, as I mentioned, I'm a seventh degree master teacher. Mm-hmm. What that means is I know some stuff. I've, I, I've got an orange belt in karate. <laughs> That's awesome. I will be there to reiki your hand when you smash it into something. But right. <laughs> so, what reiki is is a, it's a systemic approach to a very natural uh, thing that we all do. So, when you smash your hand into something, what's the first thing you do? You go, ow, and you yeah. grab it. You hold it. Now, Reiki is another word, if you will, uh, for hands-on healing or laying of hands, which has been around for as long as we've had hands, so ever. <laughs> and uh, what Reiki is, is it is a method of uh, channeling uh, universal or life force energy into the body through the conduit of the practitioner. And um, so it's it's really the practice of learning uh, specific hand positions, symbols, and um, will help to direct that energy in a more efficient and accurate way. And, you know, whether you're, you're giving or receiving Reiki, it's uh, enormously healing. In fact, we've gotten now to the point to where Western medicine is starting to go, hmm, I think there's something to this as it's being used in hospitals, hospices, um, you know, people from all walks of life are learning to benefit from Reiki. And the types I use and teach are the Yasui method, Divine You, and Tibetan Intuitive. And so all of these uh, different modalities or modes of uh, delivering Reiki are pretty um, similar from the standpoint that they, they all work to achieve the same thing, which is healing in the body or healing in the subtle bodies of the emotions, the spirit, the, you know, your, um, you know, sort of your vital life force energy, you know, and sort of amplifying that or, or working to help you, you know, operate more optimally mm-hmm. or just better. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's gentle. You can't overdose on it, which is a huge benefit. Um, anybody can learn, anybody can practice Reiki. You don't have to, you know, do anything or be anything special, you know, or different because it's, it's just really something that every human being has access to. And should you choose to learn it, it's, it's becomes, it's not a religion. It's not, you know, a belief system per se, but it does uh, integrate well into your way of life. So, you know, self Reiki is something that I teach in the first degree of Reiki, where you're just going through your body and delivering that life force energy to whatever needs it. And it's a very intelligent form of healing because it comes from the source of all things, you know, the creative source. So it just kind of knows where it needs to go and it kind of knows how much, it, you know, energy it needs. And then you move on, you know, it's, right. it's actually pretty simple and very elegant. I've also heard of uh, Reiki masters uh, clearing people of negative attachments that they've had as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. You ever, you ever, ha- ever had any experiences that. with that? 
Oh, yes, I have had several experience with that. And interestingly enough, you know, sometimes it tends to be people that do a lot of paranormal investigation <laughs> and work in. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> because the thing is, is um, if if we're I, I'm kind of a huge proponent of using energetic condoms. <laughs> and, you know, it, it just, it really um, is important to ensure that you are shielded from anything that you might come into contact with. You know, it's important to stay sensitive and to feel, but you don't want to take nothing home. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so um, that does tend to happen. Now, negative attachments or toxic energy can arrive in a number of different ways. It doesn't always have to be because you've been out there, you know, EMFing something that you shouldn't have. And, um, you know, it, it can come from thought forms. It can come from other people that you've spent time around and, you know, their, their energetic muck has sort of, you know, settled onto you. You know, there's a lot of different ways that that can happen. And Reiki is certainly a way to, uh, clear that stuff from the system. But I think the bigger and more important thing is, is for personal awareness, you know, because whenever we're interacting with each other or other beings or, you know, whether they're on this side of the veil or the other side of the veil, you know, we have to remember that we're all kind of, um, you know, as I always say, there's nothing that doesn't touch something. <laughs> we all are in contact with something all the time so you know as human beings we're meant to be kind of uh, sensitive and porous but in in any case we have to be aware that whatever we're touching or is touching us this is just getting weird and creepy um (laughs) is going to leave a little bit of an energetic mark and with that in consideration it's important to just be aware like have I put on my energetic condom or am I Touching things. <laughs> you know. What kind of program is this anyway? <laughs> it's going places. <laughs> but it's a pretty, you know, yeah. accurate description, I'd like to think. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it's something that I'm really interested in and is Reiki. So mm-hmm. I, think, uh, I think I may be headed that way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And what's interesting is people notice um, once they start practicing Reiki, in fact, I just finished uh, a 21 day uh, healing self healing challenge with my last group. And they've been noticing that they have increased in their intuitive awareness and abilities. Um, they can sense and feel things um, more so because they can um they're aware and cognizant of what Reiki feels like. And so it's just kind of like it turns up all of the uh, natural awarenesses that we have. It turns it up a couple notches, which is really, really fascinating and very cool. You know, so I recommend it for everybody. Like even if you don't learn with me, learn with somebody because it's, it's such a valuable skill to have and you can't not use it, you know, Mm -hmm whether you're going to Reiki your plant, your cat, your dinner, your cell phone, because it's being stupid and it's Mercury retrograde. <laughs> I've done this. <laughs> Most of the time it works, but you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's no end to the uses for Reiki as far as I'm concerned. And it's all energy, right? We're all made of energy and energy all around Absolutely. us. And the, you know, and does there have to be an intention on the part of the Reiki person and the, and the person who's being uh Reiki upon, I guess. Um, 
I think the intention just sort of naturally develops because usually if you're going to, you know, be channeling Reiki, you're already kind of showing up with the intention to heal or to help. Um, Beyond that, you know, if you're like, okay, you know, you've got some sort of funky energetic attachment because you were, you know, messing around in some, you know, place (laughs) where there's weird things, you know, it is important to definitely focus (laughs) on, you know, (laughs) everybody's giggling. So I have this feeling (laughs) Well, we are, we are paranormal <laughs> investigators as well. So we do get, yes. we, we do get some creepy yes. stuff every now and then. And that's, and that's, you know, you know, it's just, it's kind of the world we live in, right? I mean, there's, you're going to interact with things, you know, all the time anyway, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not so much, but, you know, definitely to answer your question, it's, it's something that sort of naturally, I think, develops you know, when in practice of Reiki, but to consciously go into, I'm going to do this with Reiki today, I think doesn't hurt, (laughs) you know. Well, we're going to have to have you back because you know so many things and and are (laughs) learning so many things, but uh, yeah, there's so much more we want to ask you, but um, how can people get in touch with you? Well, um, you can visit my website, which is northstarmystic.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook, um, either by my first name or through uh, North Star Mystic. I have a Facebook group um, on there that you can join. And, you know, I throw all kinds of stuff out all the time um, concerning like what's going on astrologically or different classes, courses or services I've got up. Um, just recently opened up an online shop as well, where um, I'm offering all kinds of cool stuff that I either handpick or I make myself, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, and yeah, you can was, even phone me if you want. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at your website and uh, you've got tons of stuff in your shop, like yeah, lots of cool stuff. And you've got an, yeah. online, an online magazine as well. Which is very cool. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once a month, I put out uh, an online magazine, and I actually have recently opened it up to contributors. So I would love if you guys want to contribute something to that, um, to talk about what it is that you do. And in the, in the magazine, um, I, I just try to share information. You know, I have a crystal of the month. I talk about, you know, the uh, tarot card of the month, and I give like deck and book reviews and all kinds of good stuff. So lots and lots of information there to sort of help people grow on their journey as well. Very cool. Is there a possibility at a future book? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time for that. I've put out two decks. I put out I the Syrian Starseed Tarot. I put that out in 2012. Uh, the Seekers Oracle put that out in 2016 or 17. And then mm. all this other stuff I'm doing. I just ain't got the time. <laughs> oh, you've, you've, got, you've got the time. It's all about priorities. Yes, this is right? true. You got me there. <laughs> Start writing. Start writing. I'm always writing. Alrighty. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, like I said at the beginning, the list just goes on and on. And it's easier to say, what don't you do? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. There's lots that I don't do. <laughs> if I could clone myself, I could fix that, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And uh, this... Adventure. We will be recording another podcast next week, but Danny's thinking that this will be the last one before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So for all of our listeners, uh, we'd like to say have the best Christmas you can, even during all these 
crazy times. You know, happy holidays, seasons, greetings, all that good stuff. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.